to another episode of the Launch Podcast. This is Kayla Hogreef, Academic Advisor for the Yukon School of Business on the Hartford campus. And I'm Jose Aponte, Academic Advisor in the School of Business on the Stores campus. We have a really exciting episode for you today. On this episode, we are interviewing two former Yukon student athletes named Bryant Sheriffs and David Langer. And we were excited to talk to them both about their experience as a student athlete. It's just really cool to hear some of the stories and insight that they shared from their experience. But also we wanted to hear about how the different skills that they picked up through their involvement with athletics influenced the way that they studied and persevered and their academic outcomes. And so specifically, we, we asked them some questions about perseverance and persistence and using resources and leaning on your community. And they had some really good things to say and some really good advice to share to help other students make their way through the business program. So as Kayla said, we have two great student athletes that we're just gonna wanna really dive into the conversation right away. So without further ado, let me first introduce um, Bryant Sheriffs. Uh, Bryant came in the 2014-2015 season as uh, in a unique way as a transfer student uh, from North Carolina State, then was with the football program up until 2017, where the, he then graduated and moved on to get his graduate degree in the financial risk management program. But as an undergraduate major, he was a finance major. So it's going to be really interesting talk with, with Bryant how he juggled that aspect of being a starting quarterback on a football team, D1 football team. And also you're going to hear later on how something kind of threw a curveball towards the end and how he had to kind of maneuver those different responsibilities that he had. Second, we're going to hear from David Langer. Uh, David was an infielder for the baseball team. He just finished his career as a student athlete this last uh, spring season where with the UConn baseball team were Big East tournament and regular season champions, go Huskies. And uh, David had a, a really unique experience to kind of share with us uh, his transitions from junior college to UC Davis to UConn. Um, and just overall, again, that, that, that experience of playing baseball and having to be a student at the same time. As Kayla said, they both did a wonderful job of just mention, mentioning a few different things that you're, we're going to highlight towards the end of this episode. But I think it's really important just to just to note that you know, you're going to hear a lot of the same kind of inferences and ways that they were able to engage, but in that engagement gave them so many totally different experiences. <laughs> What is your name, your undergraduate graduation year, and your undergraduate major? So my name uh, is Bryant Sheriffs. I graduated undergrad in 2017 with a finance degree. Okay. And and Bryant, just to to go over just a couple of things, uh, what you then went into a grad school program. So do you have this a little bit about the grad school program that you went into afterwards and then what you're currently doing in terms of your company title role and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so after wrapping up my undergrad degree, went into the graduate program in the School of Business, got my master's in financial risk management, great experience, uh, and conveniently enough was right, right across the street from my office. So I worked uh, right after I, I wrapped up uh, my last year of football. 
I had already interned with UBS Financial Services. Fortunately, you know, had a had a position lined up for when I wrapped up my last season, and I knew it was uh, knew it was the career that I wanted from an early age. So uh, it worked out r- really nicely, and uh, and I'm still with UBS. Have had some great experiences. Uh, learned a ton. I mean, it's seems like a life a lifetime uh, over the last few years, uh, but re- really in, enjoy what I do. So we're, I work in wealth management. So I'm a financial advisor. I have a, a partner um, as well, and we have a few assistants. Um, but we work with uh, individuals, multi generational households. Uh, companies, nonprofits. Um, I work with athletes and entertainers, um, just providing providing wealth management solutions. Uh, re- really take a holistic approach to wealth management, um, from comprehensive financial planning uh, to really identify you know the goals and objectives of clients, um, so that we can offer the best solutions and. And thankfully, you know, UBS globally, uh, the reach and, and the resources is excellent. And yeah, I, I really enjoy what I do. Um, and I, I'm having a great time working uh, as well. But what I found is as much as there, it is a, it is a working environment, the relationship that I have with clients is, is very personal. And uh, it is a relationship business, so to speak. Um, And and yeah, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Why don't you just take a moment and kind of describe your overall life schedule as a student athlete? What did like a typical week kind of look for you? Yeah, great, great question. So regardless of whether it was in season or out of season, you know, there there was a full schedule, um, which has served me well, definitely. But uh, the un- undergrad specifically, you know, going into going into college, um, actually, my first my first year of college was at North Carolina State University, and then I transferred to to UConn for my for my second year through <laughs> through graduation. But managing the day to day was definitely something that uh, was was difficult at the time, but looking back, I'm just so thankful that my schedule was already kind of blocked off from the time I woke up to the time I went to bed. So that was helpful. And, and I didn't even realize it at the time. Um, it took me a couple, couple months, maybe a year or so to realize I really needed to fill my schedule to maximize it. But by uh, time blocking, you know, you know, you have class, you know, you have practice, you know, you have film. I mean, practice can be film, like meetings, practice, recovery, you know, uh, every, every, it's a, it's a big block. And then you got class and you got to find time to, to get your work done. Um, so I, I was so busy. I it didn't, I didn't really comprehend, you know, how, how busy I was. Um, but having, having the discipline to follow that schedule and, and, uh, recognize, you know, that I needed to keep my grades up to be able to play. 
at the minimum level, at least keep myself eligible, but I wanted to, I wanted to learn as much as I could um, and do as well as I could in school. Um, by no means was it easy, uh, but it was definitely a foundation for my career. I, I could say that, you know, it's, it's great for us to hear because I, I can attest that when I'm speaking with students about their schedules for the upcoming semester, you know, it's, I often talk to them about, you know, creating these spaces within their schedule so they can do other things and, and creating those, like those time blocks that you're talking about. So whether it's studying or taking the opportunity to go to a club, you know, or an organization or society, or, you know, doing all those, just branching out and making sure that you're putting these things in your schedule. You're, yes, you're fulfilling your, and you're filling, making a full schedule, but it's something that you're going to kind of adhere to, you know, especially when, you know, we go back and, last last year and a half where we've had so many students that were online because of COVID and stuff like that, you know, creating these schedules for yourself where especially when you have these online asynchronous classes where there's not a specific day and time that you need to check in by creating this building block into your schedule, you've created that schedule for yourself to make sure that you're checking in on this class, to make sure that you're doing the, the study skills and as an athlete, to making sure that you've got your time for weightlifting, but making sure that your time for your studying and, and doing homework is also there. So Great, great to hear it from that perspective. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and to piggyback off of that, I mean, I'll give you a, a great example. So pandemic hits, you know, working fu fully remotely last year. Uh, it was tough to really determine, you know, when work stopped and when other things started, you know, um, and I found, I found out, like I joined a boxing gym. Uh, so like I set in my schedule, you know, okay, at X time, like I'm going to be there. So what I found was it made my work day so much more productive because I knew I had to fit it in in that time. Otherwise I could spend the whole day working, you know, and, and what needed to get done would take me longer if I didn't have like that definitive block where of, of time where I needed to get it done. Yeah. Brian, if you could think back to when you were an undergrad, how were you able to juggle the demands of being a student athlete at the same time as the rigors of being a school of business student? And maybe if you could give some examples of the resources that you used to be successful. Fortunately, you know, I had, I had a ton of support uh, around me, um, whether it be, like our academic advisors uh, in, in the business school, or like for me, I, I was fortunate to have uh, an academic advisor uh, associated with the, uh, the athletic department. Um, but yeah, just the support of not only, not only, you know, teachers would be under understanding of the, the workload if I was traveling for, for games and stuff. But outside of that too, I would rely a lot on uh, my peers um, in whether it was group projects or just finding, finding other people in the same class, you know, building relationships at the same time, but we were, we were all studying for the same thing. Um, so having those reviews with other people, you know, helped me a lot to where, you know, if I knew I could, if I, if I knew that I could get with a group of men and women, you know, and review the materials, we're in the same class. Not only was I building friendships outside of my silo of 
uh, the football team. Uh, I was also learning a lot and everybody's situations are different um, and their perspectives are different. So in, in that regard, you know, I had a lot of classes without, you know, other football players. Um, so I, it forced me to interact with other people and I built a lot of relationships uh, that way that, you know, helped me manage the, the workload as well by just being efficient and knowing I could lock in, you know, hey, I'm going to review for two hours with this group and I've made a commitment. And the idea is, you know, that we would bounce off of each other and, and the way that some people would study would be different than, than, than the way that I, I traditionally knew how. So it was teaching me at the same time. You know, obviously we, we think about, you know, how athletes are doing different things, especially our student athletes and, and the ways that they can translate what they're doing on the field into the classroom and vice versa. So why don't you give us some examples of like skills and techniques that you feel like you were able to translate from the football field and bring into the classroom and your professional life and then vice versa. Whether it be football or, or any other sport, um, for me, it was football. Uh, the most powerful, you know, lesson that I've, I've ever learned is really identifying, you know, a vision, um, a goal, a vision, whatever the time frame is, you know, writing it down, but consciously, you know, working towards that vision. So translating to the classroom, if I know I want to get an A in the class, like, okay, that's a goal of mine, like, then developing, okay, how am I going to get an A in the class? And then it's, okay, I got to study X amount. I got to do these activities, obviously go to class, you know, be sure that, that I'm understanding the material to where I, it's not the day before the exam, you know, I'm cramming. Um, that, that, that's a big piece too. If I, I learned that it was much more effective, you know, to, if I had questions about something or I didn't understand the material rather than wait until the test, you know, try to figure it out then. And if I had time, you know, try to figure it out, any questions that I had when it was being taught uh, as opposed to trying to just learn everything before the exam. And that's, it's a great little skill that you use there because it's actually, we talk about this as well with students and when they're thinking about their semester in terms of what their goals are and creating those goals, but also understanding that goals are flexible and movable. So like, as you're going into this semester, sure, you might have a goal that you're going to get all A's in your classes, but at some point that may not be feasible. So it's understanding that you can kind of move those goals, move those goalposts, as we would say, right. And understanding that, all right, I can still reach this goal or I can attain this level, but understanding that it's okay to kind of look at your goals and as you go along, revamp them, understand that it's okay to change them to meet new goals as long as you're meeting goals that are still worthwhile. Same, same thing as, with, as I think with athletes, right? As I think about like a, a football player trying to increase their 40 time, right? It's not going to happen overnight. It's not, you know, they might want to increase it by a few seconds, but after the first year, maybe they've only done like one second or half a second, right? But it's understanding yeah. that they, that is an accomplishment in and of itself, and they need to keep moving forward in that regard. Oh, ab absolutely. Yeah. And there it's, it's definitely a process for me. Writing it down makes me cautious, uh, conscious of it and I'm reminded of it and it's in the back of my mind. So 
let's say I have a certain goal work work related now like if I have that goal then I consciously am aware of opportunities that will bring me closer to the goal you know so same thing in in class like okay if you make a commitment with yourself that hey you want to get x grade or whatever the goal is you know you're aware of it and the more you can remind yourself you know the less when you have to make a decision you know the decision becomes pretty easy if one like one of the you could choose one thing that's not moving you towards the goal and another thing that is it makes uh, those decisions maybe in your free time a little easier. Yeah. And that's a great point. It's a student, you know, anyone needs to understand that when we're looking at these goals and setting ourselves up is as you're going through these, it's taking that time to, as you said, reflect and see where you are and say, okay, am I on track to meet this goal? Am I, am I not on track to this goal? What is working? What's not working? So it's, it's understanding those specific things. There's going to be positive impacts on what you're trying to do. There's going to be negative impacts on what you're trying to do. And, and as you said, it, everyone's journey is different. Everyone's backstory is different. Everyone has different things going on in their lives. But as long as you're able to kind of see those goals and see them through in the way that is going to work for you, then you, you really can really achieve anything. So thank you for that yeah. insight. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I, not that I need to like recommend, you know, to, to the listeners to, to do it this way or do it my way. But for me, I did find a lot of power and like, I randomly met someone, you know, you could refer to them as a, a, literally on, on an airplane as an accountability, like partner, complete stranger, Um, no vested interest in my life, you know, but somebody that I can share like my aspirations and goals with um, on a, on an annual basis, you know, and someone's holding me accountable to that. Um, And I I mean that, that, you know, that is more of a recent thing in the last few years, but thinking back to my time, like undergrad, I mean, yeah, it was a lot, you know, managing football and, and school of business work, but I also, you know, had had a child in that time frame as well. So that throws like an entirely uh, another another variable into the into the equation of managing time, finding solutions like when there's a lot of uncertainty, but like ultimately, you know, finding my purpose and like the reasoning behind why I wanted to to get done whatever it was like my my son was born, it was not about, you know, how I was feeling that day. You know, if I was feeling good, if I was fully rested, you know, like I needed to, I needed to, to figure it out. So (laughs) I had to be efficient (laughs) and it helped. I have a, I have a lot of follow-up questions, but (laughs) the one I'm going to pick is, can you talk a little bit about the community, like the community that you found with the football program, uh, and the ways that you like leaned on your community for support and um, helping you achieve the goals that you had and, and that sort of thing? It's been unbelievable the people that I've met uh, along the way. You know, I came to Connecticut and I didn't know anyone. Like I didn't know a, a single person, um, and now I. Connecticut's my home, you know, and the, 
the people that I've met along the way um, through UConn and, and, you know, playing football, but going to school, just the community has been uh, unbelievable. And I mean, really, I wouldn't be where I am today. I mean, I definitely wouldn't if it weren't for that. So ultimately, you know, the, the community, the Yukon community, Connecticut in general, um, through my time, not only playing football at Yukon, but just being involved, you know, with, uh, with Yukon in general. I mean, the connections that I've made um, have been unbelievable. I mean, I, uh, I did meet my boss at Yukon. He happens to be a Husky as well. Um, and then a lot of mentors that I have, along with friends, relationships. Um, my girlfriend, you know, w went to UConn as well. Um, my son was born, you know, at UConn. So a lot of, a lot of, a lot of connections to UConn. But the the network, I work with a lot of people that went to UConn uh, also. And you know, what, there were some tough times that I had people really helped me through those difficult times. And when there was adversity, like, you know, sometimes it felt like I was on my own to find solutions, but thankfully, you know, I had, uh, I had mentors and people around me that, uh, that did help me um, find solutions and uh, that adversity, you know, I'm, I'm extremely thankful for. Yeah, it's great. I mean, I love, love UConn, love, Connecticut and I'm thankful for for all the people that have uh, accompanied me and, and guided me on the journey. Think about a time where you kind of really needed to like persist or persevere to accomplish a goal that you know that you had whether while you were an undergrad you know how you use that mindset just to be able it doesn't have to be an undergrad whether it was grad school undergrad whatever the case may be. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, I'd say the, I mean, the, the biggest example would, would be, you know, before I graduated, uh, undergrad, I mean, it was in my junior year, you know, I, f I found out, uh, I found out that my son was going to be, uh, going to be born. <laughs> and then he was born, you know, before I graduated. Um, so that threw in like a lot lot of variables uh for um at that time you know 2021 year old um my 2021 year old self you know to to put things in perspective you know and I really needed to figure out you know how I was going to to provide for my son um and and how I was going to accomplish what I wanted to you know for for both he and myself and uh family um but yeah there the the tough times you know not like in that time frame there was a lot of uncertainty you know not not only around uh just my life in general but also like football coaching changes you know had like had three different coaches in college like four different offenses so like a lot of a lot of uh uncertainty um but you know, I just had faith, um, had faith in the process and, uh, and knew that it, that if I worked hard and gave, gave my all, you know, inevitably, like it would work out. Um, and that's something that I'm really thankful for. Uh, cause you know, 
adversity is always there and you can pinpoint all the problems of life. Uh, but it goes back to an eighth grade teacher I had, you know, there, you can be a problem person or a solution person. And uh, I'm a, I try to be a solution person and surround myself with, with solution people um, that don't point out like all the problems, but, uh, but come with solutions. And um, I think for any, like any realm of life, you know, whether it's academics, your social life, sports, relationships, you know, it's easy to, to be the victim um, and, and point out like what's wrong, but there's a lot to be thankful for. And, uh, and I, I really do think it's important to, to find, to know that there's a solution for every problem. And uh, that's something that, you know, I'm thankful for because it's gotten me through some, some difficult times. And uh, yeah, I'll continue to, to live by that. <laughs> what is your name, your undergraduate graduation year, and your major, both undergrad and grad? Hi, uh, my name is David Langer. Uh, I graduated undergrad from UConn School of Business in management and I graduated in 2020 and I actually just finished the master's in financial risk management program and that was a three semester program and I just finished that a couple weeks ago. Congratulations. Congratulations on that David. Um, so we you know we've asked you on this podcast because we're talking to student athletes just about their past experiences within the, within the school of business and you know how they've used that mindset and in different aspects and so before we even get into anything, why don't you uh, first tell us um, what sport you played at UConn and uh, just give us a, a little description of what your schedule was like on a weekly basis. So, yeah, so I played baseball at UConn and generally we had practice. So fall, we would have practice. Uh, most of the time it was five days a week. Um, I think usually practice would be from about one to five. So generally I would try to schedule my classes in the morning. And uh, sometimes I would have seven to 10 classes, but that was it. Um, I was pretty busy, you know, weekends, there was definitely uh, practices on the weekend mornings and such. And I had to get in study hall hours and other things, but generally it was, uh, the falls were pretty hectic. The, the spring is where, is where things got really out of control playing baseball because we had a lot of travel. Um, basically every weekend was, was booked up with games uh, we had games during the week occasionally, and so that's when I really came to uh, missing a lot of classes and trying to do the best I could to to play catch up and, and keep up with school. Yeah. It's a big demand on your time. How were you able to juggle those demands of being a student athlete at the same time as being in a really rigorous school business program? And like, what resources did you use? Um, I would say one uh, there's two really big resources that I would refer to that I used when I was in the, especially in undergrad. Uh, the first would be the UConn student athlete academic uh, advising group. So uh, I think it's, it's called SASP uh, student athlete success program. There it is. I just forgot, <laughs> just forgot the name. Um, I had two really great advisors, Alana Butler and then Victoria Simonoff. 
that really helped me uh, stay organized with my classes, stay organized with what work I had to do. They were really on top of uh, not just me, but all my teammates and all the other student athletes. Uh, they do a great job. And then the other resource I would say I, I did to really help with the School of Business was just the, the community around the School of Business. You know, it's a, there's a really strong kind of culture, the School of Business of collaboration and working together on things. And, you know, when, especially when I was in undergrad and our, there's a lot of group projects with management and stuff. And, you know, I think uh, I, I relied a lot on, on groups to, uh, to really help me to stay motivated. And I did the same too. I helped other people stay motivated and on top of their works. And, you know, that, that whole kind of communal culture in the School of Business was, was really great. I would say that the, uh, the rigors of School of Business, you know, just the, just the whole culture helped with my, my, all my time management skills and helped me juggle all the demands that I had with my many commitments. I can tell you uh, when you said the word community, I know both Kayla and I gave a smile and it, we, we've been having this conversation with other students. We, you know, we just finished a podcast uh, uh, on that very topic about finding your community within UConn. And so, you know, that that's great to hear from us. Cause I, I again, it just reemphasizes what we're trying to communicate with other students. Um, you know, we'd love to kind of get your mindset as to, you know, you know, the, there are thir- so many soft skills that you can develop as an athlete that I'm sure are translating to what you needed to do both within the school of business, what you're trying to do professionally, you know, you just finished grad school. So trying to do those, those things. So kind of give us just like some examples or like skills and techniques that you, you take from, you know, being a baseball player that kind of translated to the classroom. Um, I would say, well, a big, a big one, that I learned from being a student athlete is just communication skills and just being on top of communicating with people, especially, you know, kind of as in terms of the professional world, it'd be like your bosses. I mean, I was frequently having to communicate with my coaches about my academic commitments. I was frequently having to communicate with my professors about my athletic commitments. And so that's, that's a big one would be the skills. And then obviously another one would be that I really learned from baseball was attention to detail. You know, um, coach Jim Penders at UConn, he holds us to a really high standard in terms of being able to know, you know, different signs and different systems. And you really had to be on top of that. And when I, when I would then take those skills to, to um, academia, I would, I would really, I really found myself being a lot more meticulous with my work as opposed to just doing the work to do the work. I found myself kind of doing the work with a really strong kind of purpose and a really strong attention to detail. I'd say those are those are the two big skills from the baseball field that I learned that apply to the classroom. I'm going to go off script for a second, Kayla. Is that okay? Yeah, of course. <laughs> okay. So I, I know, so I, I usually follow the baseball team. So I, I know that last year you guys were, you know, battling for that Big East championship and you guys go went, went through and won the title. And I know at the same time, you were also taking your master's degree classes at the financial risk man- management program. So I'd love for you to just kind of tackle like, what it meant to be in the heat of, you know, trying to get through this tournament and not really being at class, but still having to meet, meet the demands of class. Like, you know, what, what was that like? Oh, I took a, it, it was really a mindset shift. Actually, I, there's a, a funny story from that. When we were at Notre Dame, I think we played on Friday. And I think that Thursday night, I had a, a three and a half hour exam online to do. And so it just, it just really required a lot of ability to like shift your mindset from like, okay, now I'm on the baseball field. Okay. Now I'm in the classroom and just be to, I don't know. I, I would take these like five minute breaks that I, I just call them transition periods. And it was just to like change my mindset, change my, 
my thought process to like, okay, now I'm a student. Okay. Now I'm an athlete, you know, okay. Now I'm a, whatever it is that I really had to do. What was, you know, coach Penders has, has his line. He calls it when what's important now. And it's kind of, you know, the, the attitude that I had to take and I'd have to take these little breaks to figure out, you know, what kind of, what kind of face I had to put on to be the best at that given moment. So you, you kind of just answered this question, but I'd love it if you could give our students another example of how you persevered or persisted in your academics um maybe how you overcame like a challenge that you had in one of your classes and how your athletic experience influenced the outcome I mean yeah definitely any any part of being an athlete requires you know perseverance um I mean you know we, we basically have a full-time job you know people talk about the uh the amenities the perks we get as athletes and we definitely do but at the same time you also have to factor in that we we do have a full-time job that we have on campus that we have to balance with our academics um I would say a really good example where my athlete experience kind of influenced my my academics would have been I had a class my second second semester of junior year at UConn. I'm blanking on the name of the class right now, but it was basically all about uh, VBA and Excel. So it's the uh, kind of coding. And was it? It was like OPIM. Was it? It was, a, um... it was an OPIM class, and there was some some work in kind of like coding and such. And I had no background in coding and I missed a couple of the classes and I really was totally, totally lost at one point in that class. And I couldn't, couldn't take a W, couldn't drop it. It wasn't going to work. So I just, just basically just had to grit it through. I remember I spent, I think every Monday for the entire semester, rest of the semester in office hours, just trying to figure out what was going on. Cause I think it was a, it was a Tuesday, Thursday class too. And I missed most of the Thursdays. I just remember I spent every Monday and I, I got to know the professor really well and I ended up scratching out a decent grade, but it was, that was, that was definitely one where I really had to persevere. And yeah. Work. Just yeah. like an example of just doing whatever it takes at the end of the day to get through it. Right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, it's, time is, you know, is the best resource and that stuff and you've got to uh, be able to use your time efficiently. Yeah. One of the things I just want to backtrack on for a second is when you were talking about that switch that you had to make sometimes between a student and an athlete. And, you know, especially cause you were taking that exam at the time. I, I just want to like, for our, for our students that are, you know, coming back to campus for the first time, or, you know, th- this COVID experience or being online, you kind of had to do the same kind of things as what you were talking about, David, right? Because those students were at home or they were wherever they were. And so they, they needed to make that switch of, I need to be a student right now to make sure that I'm doing what I need to do in these classes. And then when I'm not in this mindset, then I can do something else. And so I, I just wanted to touch base on that again. And that's, that was a great point. Yeah. I think um, just one, one last question. I think our students like really want to know what it's like to be a student athlete and like would love to hear if you have any funny stories or like any interesting stories that come along with that I mean definitely being a student athlete was a was a really unique experience you know I uh I, the way I kind of describe it to people is there's a lot of highs and there's a lot of lows you know and and I think the average person sees a lot of the highs they see you know this year we won the Big East championship regular and tournament they saw that we got to play in the NCAA tournament but they don't see all the lows which sometimes which are like I mean, I can't tell you the number of times I walked through the middle of campus at 5.30 in the morning and it's 10 degrees outside and we have to lift at 6 a.m. And it's like, God, I just do not want to be here. There's definitely some lows, but 
uh, any individual stories that I can think of off the top of my head that are that are really good. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say there's any any individual story or one time, but the one thing I really take away is the connections. I mean, I still talk to most 10 to 15 of my teammates at least once a week, you know, and, and it, those, those guys are my brothers, you know, I can contact them at any time. You know, we all lived together. We all suffered together. We all won together. We all, we all did everything together. And that was just a, it was just a really powerful experience to be able to, to have that bond. And the fact that I got to be a part of the UConn baseball program for three years was, was really special. It's definitely, it's one of those most special times of my life. It's awesome to hear. Thank you, David. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Now, this is just out of my own curiosity. Did you like start at Avery Point or just go straight to stores or? I actually had a pretty crazy college uh, journey. I uh, I started my freshman year at a uh, division one school close to back where I'm from called UC Davis. No. Things didn't quite work out after my freshman year. Um, decided it was my best interest to transfer. And I went to, uh, they don't really have to, it's kind of a Yukon Avery Point in California called Chabot Junior College. Um, we have a pretty comprehensive junior college system in, in California and the, the athletics uh, were pretty good. The academics were really good. And um, I went there for a year and yeah, UConn actually recruits from, uh, from the California junior colleges quite a bit. We think my, my first year we had seven or eight of us that were uh, on the team and we, um, you know, uh, coach Mack, the UConn coach called me, I think in November of my sophomore year, he'd seen me play somewhere and, it just, you know, I flew out there and I have family in the Northeast and it just made sense, made sense to go to UConn. Uh, they gave me a great offer. Just loved the program, loved the culture. And, you know, that decided let's pack up and go 3000 miles away for college now, instead of, uh, you know, stay close to home, just want an adventure. And it's the best decision I ever made, no doubt. So that was David Langer and Bryant Sheriff sharing their experiences and advice with us. Two former student athletes who have been very successful both through their undergraduate careers, graduate careers, and, and on, onward from there. So Jose, what do you think about some of the ideas that they shared with us? Yeah, I think one of the bigger things that I took away from them was how they use really similar resources to kind of get through some of their school of business experiences. Uh, one of the bigger ones to me, which I always talk about with our students is leading on peers in your classrooms. You know, this is a, a time as, as both David and Brian said to make these relationships within your classrooms that are going to serve you well beyond the classroom, you know, when you're getting into the professional world or, you know, not just those, those relationships that you've made, but also how to create those relationships with other people. And so I think it's, you know, it's one of those things that they, they mentioned is, you know, when you have to miss class or when you're working on group projects, when you know the people that you're working with, and this is actually something that um, I've talked about with a, uh, Associate Dean Lucy Gilson, when it comes to communicating on in teams and, and working well in teams is that it's when you know the people that you're working with, you're going to be more invested in what you're doing and they're going to be more invested with you and being able to be sharing ideas and be open with you about different things. And so again, whether you're working on a team or whether you're just trying to get the information that you may have missed or not understanding something, right? We talk about how, yeah. uh, you know, as a, uh, Kayla, you may know something that I don't understand, but if you can explain it to me, it just might click and I can do the same 
same thing for you, where it may not be clicking when we're hearing from, after the professor say it. Um, so I, I thought that was real one of one of the really big things that I thought took away of the resources they use. And the other one that, of course, that we were going to mention till we're blue in the face is how they lean on their academic advisors for support. You know, and so it's we want students to know that we as academic advisors are here to help you, right? But we can't read minds and we aren't going to know when you need the help. So you've got to make sure that you're reaching out as much as we're reaching out about the opportunities that you have, the academic updates that we're going on. You know, we send these emails. It's important that you read these emails because we're giving you all this information, right? And so they talked about how those advisors helped them through struggles that they were having in class or finding ways that they could be more productive in the things that they were trying to do. So again, you know, leaning on those resources that are available to you as a UConn student, aside from, you know, the Academic Achievement Center and the Q Center and the W Center. Yeah. And along those lines of classroom strategies, you're mentioning like making connections with other students in class and working together. One of the other things I heard as a common thread throughout those two conversations with, with David and with Bryant were that they, A, visited faculty office hours when they needed something clear, clarified or they didn't understand something, or maybe if you have to miss class, you know, due to illness or like a huge obligation, like David was explaining, um, visiting those faculty and TA office hours are key. And we see that students really do academically much better when they make use of those faculty office hours. So that is one thing that I really want students to take away too. And then the other thing that Bryant shared um, was asking questions in class. And so that kind of goes along with being prepared when you're going to class, maybe finding a seat if you can in one of the first two or three rows of the classroom. Studies show that students do better when they sit towards the front of the classroom. And then not being afraid to engage with your instructors and, and the other students in the class to ask questions um, because everyone is there to learn. Like no one is expecting you to go to class and be an expert and not have any questions on the subject that you're learning. So um, those were two of the things that really stuck out to me in terms of the classroom strategy. And then, you know, of course, just like you, the thing that I heard that just stood out second most was relying on the fact on the advising. Um, and so for David, it sounds like he relied a lot on his student athlete success program advisors, which is great. Um, and then Bryant mentioned the, the advisors in the School of Business, but your advising team, like our whole job is to be here and support you and to help you find the answers, you know, when you don't know who to turn to for support or have a question about resources. So, yeah, I think we heard a lot of the same things that stood out to us from those conversations. And I'm, I'm just going to backtrack when, you know, in mentioning, you know, when you were talking about um, going to these office hours and, and meeting with faculty and TAs and stuff like that, you know, it's really important to ask questions. You know, it, it's one of the things that I, I will underline over and over and over again with students. It's important for you to ask questions. And, and one of the things that Brian talked about that he did quite well, and as you mentioned, is that kind of pre-reading strategy in which you, you know what's going to be covered in class, so it's okay to read the chapter ahead of time. You're not going to understand everything. You're not going to, you know, gleam all the information that you need for all at once. 
but you'll have that cursory knowledge that you need so that when you get into the classroom, you can do a lot more of paying attention to the professor than to your notebook and having to take notes because mm -hmm. you're going to be able to kind of really focus on the things that you really need, the, the, the really important topics so that you can really be engaged in what the professor is saying. And so yeah. I think that's one of the strategies that I think Brian took away that has continued to be helpful for him even in his professional life. I also heard some um, alluding to, and then, you know, we had a more direct conversation with Bryant, but we've been talking about community and like the power of leaning on your community. It was a little bit more pronounced when Bryant was sharing his story about becoming a father while he was a young student athlete and the way that he found support within his community. Um, so I wanted to highlight that as well, that mental health and um, feeling emotionally supported and, and engaged is another way to Im improve your academics and like stay successful in what you do. Um, I think sometimes not enough emphasis is placed on those things. So I just wanted to point that out too. Yeah, and, and I would also say, you know, one of the things that he specifically talked in, in the terms of the community is that he found multiple communities, which is that one topic that we've also been talking about as well. It's It wasn't just the football community. You know, it, he found it in the classroom. He found it in mentors. He found it in, in becoming a mentor. You know, he's found it in different ways and finding that, you know, those community, you can find community in the, you know, he found it on a plane one day, right? That's what this, he was talking about. So, you know, those kind of experiences lend you to be able to then have people that you can reach out to about what's going on or, or what's affecting you. And then also, you know, whether it's academic or personal, you know, the, the, that's what the, the community is there for. Yeah, great episode. And we look forward to welcoming you back to our next episode. Mm -hmm.